Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Tuesday, September 21st. And if you are in the Northern Hemisphere, I welcome you to fall. And if you are in the Southern Hemisphere, well, God love you. I welcome you to spring. And I'm somewhat envious, to be honest with you. Uh, my friends, thank you for um, uh, being with me today as we open God's, uh, God's Word together. And again, whenever you listen to this, wherever you are, I wish you God's grace, God's mercy, God's life today. So we celebrate a feast day today, a high feast day. It is the feast of St. Matthew the Evangelist. So we are off of Luke chapter 8. You know what that means. And obviously enough, we're going to go to Matthew's gospel. Uh, chapter 9, verses 9 to 13, and hear the call of Matthew uh, which is most certainly appropriate for uh, today's gospel and this feast day. So let's um, break open God's word, shall we? And, uh, and see what God has for us today through Matthew's writings. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the customs post. He said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisees saw this and said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He heard this and said, Those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of the words, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So a beautiful, if not familiar, uh, reading for us here today, right? Um, so let's talk a little bit about Matthew. Now, the truth is we know very little about Matthew. I've mentioned it a few times in the last couple of weeks, that Matthew was writing, or at least the, the evangelist, the, the, uh, Matthew was writing to a community most likely in Syria, we think Antioch in that area, um, but a community that was filled with Jewish Christians, meaning those who had been raised in Judaism and, uh, and came to see Jesus as the Christ. And so, I mean, for lack of a better term, converted, but basically accepted Christ as the Messiah, the fulfillment of the Jewish promise. I don't know that they would have said converted. They would have said merely a, a completion of what the Jews were looking for. And so uh, the question is, and, and scholars are varied on this, and so, you know, you can choose one side of the argument or another, but, but truth be told, it it really is uh, your faith. I don't, I, my faith, I'll say that. I don't want to say what yours will. My faith doesn't hinge on the answer. But um, whether the Matthew who is the evangelist is the same as the Matthew who is the tax collector. And when I say that, I mean this. I mean, most likely, Matthew the tax collector, who was the apostle and disciple of Jesus, most likely went up after the gospel and lived uh, to, the, to the north in Syria in this region and passed on uh, his words, maybe even started this community of believers 
uh, up in in uh, this region, and um, certainly would have been uh, inviting people to uh, to understand who Christ was and and the fulfillment and what that meant. And it's possible he did write these down and wrote the, this gospel. It's also possible that followers of his within this community were the actual writer or writers, plural, of this gospel. Again, it, it, I'm, I'm not, my faith doesn't stand on either one. My faith does stand on the fact that uh, what we read here are statements of faith about who Jesus Christ was, without a doubt, and, uh, and where it points to which is Christ as God's Son, as the fulfillment of Judaism, uh, and as Messiah, and what that means for us. Remember, the Gospels were not written. Now, this I will stand on. The Gospels were not written as history books, nor as biographies. They weren't meant to be. The, the Catholic Church will say very clearly, Scripture is not science nor history. It's not written in that sense or for that sense. They are statements of faith. They are statements of faith about who God is, who Christ was in God as Messiah, and who, therefore, we are and where we fit into that. And for that, Matthew was a brilliant writer. And here he writes about himself or his followers and community write about their founder. Isn't that wonderful that they put him in there? So if they are statements of faith, then, and, and they are, <laughs> to this community of faith of, of disciples back in, let's say, 80 uh, AD, so 50-ish years after uh, Christ's uh, life, death, resurrection, and ascension, if they are statements of faith, then to inspire and to help that community believe, they most certainly are for us today as well, right? That's what they're written for. And they are profoundly effective in that way. They continue to be. They are not dead documents written just for that community, which just makes sense, you know, 1,920 years ago or 40 years ago, whatever that would be. Um but that they are alive. They're a living document that applied to the life of faith of that community then and your and my faith life now. That's what the Gospels do. Again, they answer three questions. Who, what does it mean about who God is? What does it mean about who Christ is in, in God? And what does it mean about who we are in Christ? All of those things. Because we only know who we are when we know who Christ is in us. And we only know who Christ is when we know who God is. It, it's, it's just a wonderful uh, thing. Anyway, I've gone on enough. You get it. Two points, two points that I want to make today about Matthew, uh, at least about this gospel today. And the first is this. As Jesus passed by, he saw, there's the word, or the phrase, just two words, <laughs> He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the customs post, doing what he did every day. He saw somebody in their normal, everyday position. And he said to him, follow me. That's so wonderful. 
brothers and sisters, here's the good news. I mean, there's so much good news, you know, and, and like, like Joe knows, you know, what part of the good news, listen, the spirit, the good news is bigger than Joe. Uh, but here's the good news. Here's part of the good news. Let's say it that way. Jesus passes by. He doesn't just pass once. He passes by. And two, in that good news, he knows us and he knows us by name, and he sees us. He sees you where you are today in your ordinary day-in, day-out life. Do you know who Matthew was? He was despised. That's who he was. Maybe he even despised himself. He wasn't loved by the Romans, right? Because they had no respect for him. He's going to tra- be a traitor to his own uh, Jewish people? What kind of character is this? Uh, He doesn't have any moral fortitude. And so if he doesn't have any self-respect and and respect for his own people, why should we have respect for him? And they didn't. And the Jewish people, of course, couldn't stand him because uh, he was collecting taxes for the empire, empire, the the Romans, and, uh, and, uh, of course, skimming off the top. And so he could say to any one of us, um, even though our taxes may be $100 per person, okay, Joe and Renee have five kids, therefore you owe $700. We could walk up and he'd say, "Mm, you owe $1,000. And I I couldn't do anything about that. I had no recompense. And I had to give 1,000 and he could keep 300 for himself and 700 because that's all he owed to the Romans. So he was despised by the Romans and the Jews. And like I said, I suspect in there somewhere there was even a loathing for himself. But it was in the middle of that that Jesus passed by and he saw him. And and if you've ever seen Caravaggio's painting of the call of Matthew, uh, it's, it's not at a customs post. It's actually in a tavern. And Matthew is sitting with, you know, three or four friends of his, uh, compatriots, whatever. And Jesus walks in. And uh, you can see him, and he just lifts his hand up. I mean, not dissimilar. The hand looks not dissimilar to Da Vinci's um, at the Sistine Chapel, you know, of, of God and Adam. And Jesus is pointing at Matthew. And Matthew's utter being overwhelmed because he's seen and he's known and he's called in the midst of his self-loathing, in the midst of being disrespected by those around him. Brothers and sisters, how are you doing today? Do you know that you are seen today, right where you are? Do you know that our God uh, knows your name I mean, think about that. I mean, I know you know it in your head. Think about that, though, at a level deeper than that. The God of the universe, the God who painted the stars and created the, 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 all of creation, he knows your name. And he knows what you go through. And he knows our self-loathing and he knows our predicaments, and he knows our shame, 
and he knows our hopes and our dreams, and he knows our world. He sees us. And he doesn't pass by just once. And if we miss the train, we're done. He passes by and passes by and passes by. And he points to us and says, follow me. I know you. I need you. I want you. I love you. I know your name. How good is that? Let that good news wash over you. Now here's the second point I want to make and the last one and then I'll be quiet. You know, you'd think, at least I would think, and this is what I was meditating on this morning, um, that in Jesus pointing to him and saying, I see you and I love you and I want you. And, and Matthew being overwhelmed in that moment of mercy and being, being seen and loved in the midst of all that, of all that. Uh, who wouldn't follow that? Who wouldn't want to be a part of that, right? But you'd think then that Jesus then leads and Matthew follows. I mean, Jesus clearly says, follow me, right? Um, and so you'd think that they would go where Jesus wants to go. But clearly in the story, that's not necessarily it. Now, maybe Jesus said, we're going to go to your home. Follow me there. Possible. We don't know the answer to that. But here's my point, at least that I'm pointing to. Matthew takes Jesus to his home. Matthew invites his friends uh, and confreres to come and be about him and, and be in the presence of Jesus. In a sense, it seems like Matthew is leading in this moment. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, I remember, I know the story, and, and you know it too, where, where Jesus looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. Meaning, I, I don't follow you, Peter. You get behind me. You get behind me. I'm the one leading here. All true. But, but at this point, it seems like Jesus said, Follow me. I want you. I need you. But in wanting and needing you, I want your whole world. I want to be a part of that world. And Matthew invites him into his world. You know, it's almost like, and I've used that example before, at the beginning of John's gospel, that brilliant exchange between Jesus and the disciples who followed him, where he says, you know, who are you looking for? Um, as they walk along the, the uh, not the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River. And, and Jesus says to them, what are you looking for? And they say, sir, you know, where do you reside? Where do you live? Where can we find you? you know? And he says, come and see. Um, but it's almost okay. So Jesus said, come and see. Come and see where I live and where I reside. But later in John's gospel, uh, when Lazarus is placed in the tomb, and, uh, and Matthew, or excuse me, Martha and Mary come out to, to see him and said, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And, and they have that interchange. And ultimately, Jesus asks the question, where have you laid him? And they say to him, come and see. Okay, we've seen where you live. You asked us there in, in John chapter 1. We see where you reside. Now you need to see where we reside, where humanity resides. We reside in death. 
we reside in suffering and in pain. It's almost like we're seeing that here. Jesus says, follow me. Come and see. Come and be a part of who I'm about. But before I do, I want to see what you're about. Brothers and sisters, in any of our relationships, isn't that the case? We don't get married and say it's all about me. If it is, that marriage is not going to last very long. I need to get to know my spouse and her world just as much as she gets to need to know mine. I need to get to know my children and their world as much as they get to know mine. I need to, to know the world of my friends as much as they need to know mine. Because otherwise, it's not much of a friendship. And we see Jesus doing that here. We see that interchange of him going into Matthew's world and allowing himself to be a part of it. Last thing I'll say. I love that end point, too. Matthew knows who he is uh, in needing somebody to make him well. He may have known that because he was despised by the Romans and the Jews. I suspect he knew it because he despised himself, because of his misgivings and because of his poor decisions. He knew he needed a doctor, a physician. The Pharisees were the ones that didn't think they did. They didn't realize they did need one, but they didn't think they did. And so their malignancy grew. They continued to be ill. Do we know, brothers and sisters, our condition? Do we know uh, how we're doing today? Are we in need of, uh, of a physician? And if so, in what way? And can we invite this great physician who passes by, who knows us by name, who wants to get to know our world, can we invite him into that world today and let him know, I do need you, and here's where I need you, and allow him to begin to work his loving, oh, what, care, compassion, presence? I desire mercy, not sacrifice, right? That's what we desire him to. That's what he gets to do for us in us giving to him. Let's pray, shall we? And so we begin, brothers and sisters, uh, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The second glorious mystery, the ascension. Jesus ascends to heaven. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Matthew, pray for us. My friends, have a wonderful Tuesday. And uh, blessings on the rest of this day and uh, on whatever's going on in your life. And I look forward to us breaking open more of God's word together later this week. God's peace.